The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio. Star Cable and Ustream. 1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. My email address is exxon at com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, com. My guest this hour is a good friend of the Exxon, Jim Kepke is our guest, and we're going to be talking about the research that Jim has been doing into the Kennedy assassination for almost 20 years now. During this time, Jim has met and interviewed many people who uh, have held positions of power in the CIA and military. Jim Kepke is recognized as a nationally known expert on the subject of the Kennedy assassination. And he's written a book entitled Chasing Ghosts, which is available on Amazon.com. Jim's website, www.jimbooks.net. And Jim Kepke, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you, Jim? 
I'm doing fine, Rob. Thanks. It's good to hear you again. Good to be back. Thanks for having me on. It's my great pleasure, Jim. Uh, once again, uh, the, the Kennedy assassination still captivates the mind of millions of people, not only in America, but Canada and the rest of the world. And, and I'm wondering, Jim, after all these years, are we any closer to getting to the truth at what happened on that date in, in Dallas, going back, what was it, 1963? 1963. You know, the the smoking gun, the answer is still out there. I think it is still available. And the fact of the matter is, when I was doing my research, mm -hmm. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but I found a, an official classified document in the FBI files uh, clearly stating that there was a conspiracy to kill Kennedy, clearly stating that that information was still available. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm focusing my research on is trying to get a hold of that information. What um, what was it that that made you decide to to dig as deep into the JFK assassination that you you know that you've just done such a great job at it, Jim? Uh, over all these years, what was the catalyst? Well, here's the thing. Um, at the time, this was back in the 1990s. I was managing a large mental health center mm -hmm. here in Minnesota. A very stressful job, and I was looking for something to take my mind off it at night. You know, I, I would go home at night and still think about my work, yeah. which you don't have to be a mental health expert to know that's not healthy. The Kennedy assassination is one of those um, things that has captivated everybody. And I thought, well, here's something that really is interesting. I'll look into it. Probably won't take me more than two or three months because at the time I thought, well, our government told us quite clearly that there was a lone assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald. All this nonsense you hear from people is probably just generated by people seeking attention or some people who, you know, are wackos. Sure. Jim, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a little bit of a cliffhanger. We're going to keep the audience okay. uh, on the edge of their seats because we have to take a two-minute commercial break. Please stand by. Jim Kepke is my special guest, www.jimbooks.net, and we're talking about the JFK assassination. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Jim Kepke is my special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. We're talking about the JFK assassination. Jim is the author of Chasing Ghosts. It's available at Amazon.com, and Jim's website is jimbooks.net. All right, Jim, so you decided that you were going to use the JFK uh, conspiracy or, or event to try and take your mind off of work. And as you were saying, you know, what the heck? The government tells you there was only one lone gunman, and, you know, why right. would the government lie to you, right? <laughs> I was very naive at that time. <laughs> I think we all were, Jim. And, and here's the thing. I started reading books, and I found that most books that were written about it, people mm -hmm. had a certain viewpoint, or they tried to micromanage evidence, and there was just no, there's no closure to it. And I realized that there were a lot of people who still held positions of power um, back in the 60s 
who might know something about it who nobody had ever really sat down and interviewed. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I decided to set out and interview people. At that point, I had no idea that this journey would take me where it did, that I would have my life threatened, that it might be involved in getting other people accidentally killed. Um, just had no concept that this would happen. I may never have gotten involved in the Kennedy assassination if I had known where this journey was going to take me. The first thing I did was contacted a, a well-known Texas businessman mm -hmm. who was very well connected with people like Lyndon Johnson, Billy Saul Estes in Texas, talked with him about it. Now, what he told me I had never heard before. He said, if you want to um, become a believer in the conspiracy, look into the, the death of Texas Senator John Tower. Now, I had, this had no connection to the Kennedy assassination. I did not know what he was mm -hmm. talking about. I did know that John Tower had tried to be the Secretary of Defense for the elder President Bush back in the 1980s, and it was a disaster for him. He was embarrassed. He was humiliated by Congress when they interviewed him because of his, his personal failures in life. And his career was over. And I know then he had died in a plane crash. Well, so what? I started looking into the plane crash, and strange things started happening. I contacted the uh, National Transportation Safety Board, the FAA. Mm -hmm. I found out that all the documents related to the crash had disappeared. I found out that the name of the investigator had been erased from their computer system. And I asked the people, oh, this, this is the federal government. Yes. I asked them, does this happen often? I mean, what's going on here? And they were at a loss. They said, we don't know what happened to all the information. I said, well, you must have something. They said, the only thing we have is that the cause of his plane crash was undetermined. Now, I looked on the New York Times and read the news articles from back then. The news articles clearly stated that the cause of the plane crash was engine trouble. Yet the official cause in the FAA was that it was undetermined. So, I mean, this, this really started sounding fishy. So I went back to my Texas friend and talked with him about this, and he said, mm -hmm. you know what happened is John Tower, Senator Tower, was well-connected with LBJ. There are documents linking him, actually, with Lee Harvey Oswald, which I have investigated and found out that is true. After his career came to an end, he was feeling like he was feeling guilty about all the things he was involved with in the 60s and was possibly feeling like he should come forward, go public, with the information he had. As soon as that word got out, um, the powers that be decided he had to be killed. And that's what happened. The claim is then that that plane crash he was in was not accidental. It was on purpose, and the sole purpose of that was to silence him about many things, including the Kennedy assassination. Now, this, this is wild, but everything I did to try to confirm it seemed to come out. There was something very strange that happened with this investigation. I talked with somebody who was the director of covert operations for the Joint Chiefs of Staff back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah. He said, it, it was a puzzle to him why the majority of the American public still hadn't caught on that there was so much interconnection between things that happened in 60s, 70s, 80s, and on in the Kennedy assassination. He said they're still trying to cover 
their steps. They're still trying to cover what happened there. Anybody who is a threat to this covert organization that seems to be guiding the United States will be dealt with. He told me that this was somebody, again, this isn't uh, my neighbor, this isn't some crazy guy, this is someone who held a very significant position of authority in the Pentagon telling me that he believed there was a conspiracy to kill Kennedy and that uh, people were still being murdered to cover up the, the assassination. Let, let me ask you, let me ask you this. You, you said earlier that you had received or you have received death threats. Who's threatening you, Jim, and why do you think your life is being threatened? Well, I put all this information together in a letter, and I sent it to uh, former CIA director Richard Helms. Mm-hmm. This was back in the 90s when he was still alive. I said, this is just too stunning. And I knew he, of course, was a very powerful man during the time of the Kennedy assassination. I wanted to hear what he had to say about it. Now, I sent that letter three days after I sent the letter. My phone rang. Now, I was expecting at best, maybe I'll get a form letter from the secretary telling me, you know, leave us alone or we have no information on it. Never expected Mr. Helms to call me. He called you himself. He called me himself. Fact of the matter is, I can prove that because I was actually out of my office when he first called, and I still have the tape of his voicemail giving me his private personal number to call him back. I called him and spoke with him about this. Now, you have to think, if all the information I had here was absolute nonsense, he would say, you know, I don't care what you do with your time, but your, your information is nonsense. Exactly. He did not do that. He was furious with me, specifically about the John Tower information. Now, again, if, if the John Tower crash was an accident, why would he care? He ordered me, Mr. Helms ordered me, to discontinue my investigation immediately. Now, again, I'm thinking, if, if what I'm doing has no basis in fact, what would he care what I do spending my time? He, what I would consider a thinly veiled threat, maybe not that thinly, he, he said, you need to stop what you're doing now or else. Now, again, if, if, if some crazy guy in the street says something like that to me, it doesn't mean anything. That's right. But here's a former CIA director, one of the longest-serving CIA directors, who has signed off on who knows how many uh, executions, telling me something like that. Um, I consider that to be frightening, to say the least, and also startling because, um, I, again, if I had nothing, if my research meant nothing, uncovered nothing, why would he care? What would it matter to him? It wouldn't matter to him because it would just be you know, smoke and mirrors at this point. But to have, like you said, the former director of the CIA give you a citizen within the United States of America where the CIA has no jurisdiction and order to cease and desist? Yeah. Stunning. And it, it, uh, I think it gets worse. If, if, I can, if you want me to continue here. Please do. Please do. I was, uh, I was on a roll here. So I sent pretty much the same letter to William Colby. Now, if you remember Bill Colby, he yep. was also director of the CIA back in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. He was director when Congress was starting to investigate all this stuff that went on in the 60s. 
and he was cooperating with uh, the Congress. Some people say too much so, and because of his cooperation, he was removed as director of the CIA. I felt that uh, Bill Colby was probably a pretty good guy at heart. He was trying to do the right thing. I sent him a letter. Three days later, he called me on the phone at the office. Now, a little bit before that, it was not a big deal for me. I mean, you you, you never think you'd get a phone call from a CIA director. No, I've gotten a phone call from two of them. Exactly. He told me, again, he did not personally sound like he was angry with me, but he was telling me, I think for your own security, you need to stop what you're doing. Now, my impression of Helms was that he was he was dirty. His hands were dirty. Mm-hmm. With Bill Colby, I didn't feel that personally his hands were dirty. I think he was trying to do me a favor by telling me to cut it out, to stop it. Because um, something um, I put in that letter, or something I did, sure got his attention. Now, I went back, again, I said I had talked with this uh, gentleman who was director of covert operations for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he was nonplussed by anything I said. Um, he, he said, you know, obviously the reason you got under helm skin is because you had information that the general public is not aware of and that would show people there was a conspiracy to kill Kennedy. He said with Colby, Colby was trying to do you a favor. He was trying to save your life. Now, at this point, I, I, I think a smart person probably would have would have said, that's it, I'm done with this. But no one's ever accused me of being smart. So. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I kept going. Um, one of the things I, I, I did, and if people ask me, have you ever regretted anything? you did in your research. This this would be the one thing. All right, what we're going to do, uh, Jim, is we're going to take a break here for the news. Sure. Jim Kopke, uh, Kepke is our special guest, Exxon Nation. What a story he has. Imagine that, receiving two phone calls from two former directors of the CIA because you know more than you're supposed to know. Now, the CIA, according to U.S. law, has no jurisdiction within the United States uh, as such. They're supposed to be taking care of intelligence gathering and so so on outside of the USA. So why would the CIA basically threaten an American citizen in the United States because the American citizen isn't satisfied with the results of an investigation into the assassination of their president? Jim Kepke and I will continue on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, Exxon Nation. This is going to be another great hour here on the Exxon. If you'd like to get more information on Jim, his website is jimbooks.net. That's www.jimbooks.net. Don't go away. (music) 
You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. I believe it's meant to Nation, Jim Kepke is our special guest. He's the author of Chasing Ghosts. He is one of the leading JFK assassination researchers in the United States today. And his website is www.jimbooks.net. That's www.jimbooks.net. So let's see, you've had two uh, former directors of the CIA, CIA contact you. You've been speaking to somebody very high up in the Pentagon Obviously, Jim, you're 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 setting alarm bells off at the very highest of levels. You're being told yeah. to drop it by the CIA, who has no jurisdiction within the United States. What's going through your mind at this time? Well, at this time, I, I did have some concerns for my personal safety. I but I converted pretty quickly from someone who thought the government probably was telling us the truth mm-hmm. about the Kennedy assassination to, wow, they have been lying to us for decades. And it's, it's something, that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book I did, is I want to get this word out. I want people to, to get this information because you don't hear about this in the mainstream media. No. And I did, you know, I did approach a number of news organizations with what I learned, and they had no interest whatsoever. Why do you think, Jim, there's a conspiracy surrounding the death of JFK? Who do you think killed JFK, and for what reason? Well, I think that uh, there were rogue CIA agents. As a matter of fact, when I spoke with Richard Helms, Mm -hmm. I said that part of my information, and I just laid it on the line for him, is that uh, persons associated with the CIA who had some mob connections, some of whom, this is what I was told, and I related to them, were involved in the Watergate burglary. Some of those people were involved in the Kennedy assassination. Now, at this point, Helms, I don't know if I had just worn him out. He was in his 80s at the time when I talked to him, because he started he started off very angry, mm-hmm. and he started sounding very tired and kind of resigned. And he kind of sighed, and he said, well, you know, that is exactly what happened. I said, what? So I gave him a chance to take back what he said. People misspeak, or you know, maybe that's not exactly what he meant to say. He would not take it back. He confirmed for me 
that persons involved with the CIA and the Watergate burglary were involved in the Kennedy assassination. At that point, he seemed to get his energy back, and he got angry at me again, and he hung up the phone. And that, that was it. Now, again, coming from someone like that, he would surely know better than I what really happened. That's what he said happened. Now, where this whole thing got even grimmer for me personally, and mm -hmm. if anybody is ever considering doing some research like this, they should listen to this story because you have to think very carefully before you proceed. Someone wrote an article in, in my local newspaper about the Kennedy assassination, and they ridiculed anybody who thought the assassination um, was a conspiracy. So I contacted the newspaper and I said, I'd like to do a rebuttal to that. And they said, sure. Fine. So I, I wrote a rebuttal, put in some of the information I had, and I figured, well, that's, that's that. Well, that wasn't that. I got a phone call from someone who said, I have to talk to you about that article you wrote. I have a very good friend who's now retired. You used to work for the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency. Many years ago, this was the late 70s, they went on a fishing trip together. And he said they were, at that time, they were both having some relationship problems and they were, you know, pretty much opening up themselves to each other. Mm -hmm. And this treasury agent, the ATF guy, said, you know about the Kennedy assassination, I've always wanted to tell somebody this. I was stationed in New Orleans back in the early 60s. He said, I know some of the people involved with that. It was a CIA planned job. The the main principles in it were CIA. He said that was the best work ever, not the assassination, he said, but the cover-up. Now here's somebody who is an ATF agent who is admitting first-hand knowledge of CIA involvement in the Kennedy assassination. I could not let this go. So I contacted the ATF. I found out that this guy was not just a federal agent. He was actually director of the Minnesota Bureau of the ATF. Again, a very significant, very, very highly placed individual. Was now retired. I did everything I could. I moved heaven and earth to get a hold of this guy. Sent letters to people who I thought he might still have some relationships with his friends, contacted every place in the country I could to get a hold of him. He obviously did not want to be contacted. At that point, there was something called the Assassination Records Review Board that Congress had set up. This was actually in response to the movie JFK. Yes. It was a call for any and all information about the Kennedy assassination. Well, now, at this point, I just wanted to interview this agent personally. I had done everything I could. I could not find him. I was very reluctant to do anything uh, public because so many people involved with assassination, you know, had died unexpectedly, had died tragically. But this was, you know, the death of an American president. So I contacted this congressional agency and I found out they had subpoena power, they had investigators, they had a budget, they had money. They, I realized they could do what I couldn't do. So I talked with uh, the assistant director of that agency. And I, I told him everything I had about this guy. And he was fascinating. He said, you know, this would be the highest ranking federal official we've ever had. 
who has knowledge of conspiracy, the assassination. He said, I am going to get a hold of this guy. And I said, now, wait a minute. Now, I'm worried about this guy. Um, this is going to be confidential, right? And the guy said, absolutely. We lock up all our information at night. You have nothing to worry about. Now, I felt, I felt really good at this point because I thought, We've, we really have something here. We have a smoking gun. We have mm-hmm. a witness, a very respectable retired federal agent. I really felt good. I, I can't tell you the high I was on. About a week later, I got a call from someone who identified themselves as a very good friend of this federal agent. And he said, I just want you to know that you got this guy killed. He went for a walk, told his wife he was going for a walk, never came back. His wife searched frantically for him in the area, as you can imagine, found him in a wooded area, dead. Um, the doctor who you know, examined the body said, well, I guess he died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, at that, you know, I was just, just crushed. I mean, you have, to, you have to imagine what is the likelihood that this guy will just happen to die a week after I give this information about him. Uh, to the feds. Well, had he received a subpoena at this point? I was told, I contacted the, the Assassination Records Review mm-hmm. Board. I was told that they had reviewed the information and they had assigned an investigator to find this guy and talk to him. So the word had been distributed at that agency Ouch. about this guy and about what he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you can imagine, I was, I was totally devastated. And I, I said to the person who called, well, can I at least talk to you about it? And she said, I, you know, nobody is ever going to talk to you again after this. And you can just imagine how I felt. Well, this gentleman was in his early 50s, had, as far as I've been able to determine, no health problems. And, you know, do you believe it was just, again, do you believe it was just a coincidence that it just happened like this? I spoke with uh, someone who's very well known, uh, Dr. Cyril Wecht. Um, he's very well-known in this country as an expert on the Kennedy assassination, among other things. And he said, you know, the, the chances of somebody just out and out dying like that, a heart attack, it happens. People in their 30s can die of a heart attack. But what are the odds that it would happen within several days after you release this information? And, again, it didn't happen at home. When he was with his wife, it didn't happen when he was with friends. It happened when he was all by himself. It just, you know, it's just one more thing that you have to really wonder what in the world really happened. And, again, if, if I could do anything over again, I would certainly do, do that differently. I would rely on my own resources, limited as they were, and not get the federal government involved. So you think that the federal government had something to do with this, this former ATF's agent's death? Here's what I know for sure. Uh, back in the 70s, Congress was investigating the Kennedy assassination and was getting some good information. Security guards at Congress found somebody breaking into the files and uh, looking through them, and that person turned out to be a CIA agent. I've been told over and over again by many people who have done their own research that as soon as you start involving the CIA, things start happening. As soon as you start looking into what the CIA possible involvement was in this, 
bad things start happening. And I just can't imagine that um, they would not want to know what information was being held. And I would not be surprised if uh, they did do some of their own investigation. What's it's, the, uh, it's a rotten thing. It really is. What's the connection then, Jim, uh, if you could just help me to to draw the line here, between the Kennedy assassination, the CIA, and Watergate? I think that some of the same people who were involved in Watergate were also involved in the Kennedy assassination. In what roles, I'm not sure, but this is what I've been told, and whenever I bring that mm-hmm. up, it seems to get people's attention. It made Mr. Helms very angry. It got Mr. Colby's attention. And it makes sense, really. If, if you're using people and they've done a good job for you, you continue to use the same people for whatever jobs you want done. You know, sometimes covert operations involve shooting someone. Sometimes it involves breaking into Democratic national offices for whatever reason. Um, I think it's just one of those things that uh, these people keep popping up in, in troublesome places. So, it's, you know. Where do you think the next step for a governmental investigation into the Kennedy assassination should be? Should we reopen the Warren Commission? Should uh, the present, uh, present administration mandate a new investigation? Or well, it, seems would, that, it seems that you know the administration and the government is just, just happy to let it die. Absolutely. And it you know, should not be that way. It should be the responsible of the federal government to tell us, what happened? You know, we're, we have a right to know. We're citizens. This is a democracy. We, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to beg for information to be released. We shouldn't have to beg for a legitimate investigation. If they had another investigation, the only way to have it would be to appoint um, private people, not anybody associated with the federal government, because you just can't trust an investigation that the government is controlling. Is there, that could work. Do you think there's a connection between the assassination of JFK and, and the assassination of Bobby Kennedy? There seems to be. I have looked into that a little bit. Now, Bobby Kennedy, about one month before he was murdered, uh, made a statement that the only way he would ever find out what really happened to his brother, John, was to become president because he needed the power of the presidency mm-hmm. to do a real investigation. I think when he said that, he might have signed his own death warrant. Was Lee Harvey Oswell a lone gunman in the JFK assassination based on your research? No, no, I don't think so. Based on everything I've read, the guy simply wasn't a very good shot. He was just a little bit too off kilter mm-hmm. to, to trust him with something this important. I would not be surprised if he had some gopher role in it, uh, helping out, assisting, carrying weapons in and out maybe. But as far as actually pulling the trigger, I don't think anybody would would trust this guy. He just wasn't that good of a shot. So was Lee Harvey Oswald a member of the CIA? I have been told he was. We know he does have a CIA file. We know that uh, back in the 70s, members of that congressional committee who were investigating said that, um, I think, the phrase they said was, the CIA's fingerprints are all over Oswald. Um, 
many people feel that there's a very strong connection between the CIA and Oswald. Too many unanswered questions, um, too many suspicious circumstances between Oswald and the CIA. There, there had to have been some connection there. Jim, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exonation. Jim Kepke is our special guest. Here's the contact information for Jim. His website is www.jimbooks.net. I keep wanting to put an S after your name there, Jim. jimbooks.net. And his book, Chasing Ghosts, is available on Amazon.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with our special guest this hour, Jim Kepke, as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Kepke is our special guest. We're talking about the Kennedy assassination. And uh, Jim is the author of Chasing Ghosts. It's available on Amazon.com. And Jim's website is jimbooks.net. Jim, where, what part in the entire picture, based on your research, did Jack Ruby play? Well, he was certainly connected with the mob. Uh, we, we know that for a fact. The evening before he shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald, mm-hmm. Jack Ruby made a, a long-distance telephone call to a mob boss in New Orleans. When the Warren Commission did actually ask him about that, he said he had dialed a wrong number. The length of the call was over seven minutes. Now, I've dialed wrong numbers, but usually I say sorry, and I hang up That's in right, yeah. five seconds. For it to go on for seven minutes... Again, that's just one more coincidence that the Warren Commission wants us to swallow that I can't, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I think he was told clearly, you have a job to do tomorrow, and you better do it or else. He may well have been promised that um, they would get him off somehow. But, you know, when you're told by the mob to do something or else, you do it because you know what will happen if you don't. In the last five, ten years, Jim, has there been any new information that has come out? Has the government ever said, all right, let's 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 take another look into the JFK assassination? Well, there is hope. And here's here's the thing. This Well, this will tell you there's hope. It also tell you there, I, I don't learn anything. I found out that the Russian government is holding a document about the Kennedy assassination that, according to the Russian government, implicates... Linda Johnson as having foreknowledge of the Kennedy assassination and doing nothing about it. I've been contacting the Russian government. I've actually have had some correspondence with what used to be called the KGB. They mm-hmm. now call it the FSB. Talked with people in the uh, the Russian embassy about this, trying to get the, to release that information to them. Here's the interesting thing. In order to to give me a little bit more 
power. I've talked with my congressman. Now, this was over a year ago. And I said, I need help with this guy. So they assigned me somebody who actually used to live in Russia, mm -hmm. uh, was a Russian citizen. I showed him what I had, the information I had, showed him what I had to get. And the, the guy was very, I, I seldom have anyone be this straightforward with me. He said, do you understand who you're dealing with here? This is the Russian government. They take people like you, this is what he said, and they shoot them in the head. He said, you have to be very careful about dealing with the KGB and the Russian government. I, I thought we were friends with Russia, but he seemed to have a different opinion. He used to live there. <laughs> um, but again, I just, uh, I can't let this go. So I, I have been, and I will continue to try and work with uh, members of the Russian government to get this document released. Tell, tell me, Jim, we've got, a, we've got about 40 seconds left. Do you feel as if your life is in jeopardy? I don't know. I've been told it is so many times that uh, I, by people who would know that maybe it is. But uh, this is, you know, this is not about me. This is for my country. And, you know, a lot of people have died trying to do something good for their country. Yeah. So I, I'm just trying to be a good patriotic citizen. Jim, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's always a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success. And if you ever come across any information that you need to get out there, let me know. We'll get you right on. Will do. Thanks, Rob. Take care of yourself, Appreciate Jim. Appreciate Jim Kepke, www.jimbooks.net. He's the author of Chasing Ghosts, which is available on Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past as we continue here in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Don't go away.